Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Well, I'm back today with my associate pastor, T.J. Samuelu. As some of you know, him as Talaloto Alakana Samuelu Jr. And uh, somebody, one of our producers said, you like saying that name, don't you? I do. It's kind of fun because I finally got it kind of down. As T.J. knows, I butchered the daylights out of that for first couple years, right? Yeah, but you know what? You stuck with it. Your persistence uh, is paying bad, off. Not bad, not bad. It and, is. Yeah. And in so, fact, you can, you know, you were saying in that same story that you're able to now point people in the same direction because if mail or something comes in my yes. legal name, uh, you yes. can point them in the direction of who that person is because some people don't even know if it's a guy or girl. No, or, they don't. No, they see that long name, but I, we like TJ because that makes it pretty simple. But I'm glad you're with me again today, T. It's, uh, Thanks for having me. You know, and, and I like have, taking T with me because I have him drive because uh, I'd, I'd rather not drive because uh, I've always drive. So I... I just have him, we can go in my car, but I said, he, you drive. And so he's very faithful to drive this old man around. So anyway, well, we certainly live in a selfish society, and I'm not bashing society. I'm just speaking the truth. So many are about number one, and that's why Jesus spoke the way he did all through the New Testament, trying to teach people to be helpful, self-sacrificing, caring for others, caring for the needs of others first. And, of course, we run into people all the time who just want a handout. They want everything given to them. You ever run out of people like that, TJ, in your life? That just They just want the world to be given to them. They think they deserve everything. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I wish that I hadn't, but we do. And, and you know, people have that mentality, but it's partly our part to try to help educate them on that. Yeah, we need to love them and encourage them and do what we can to help them. The servants recognize everything is God's. If you're a true servant of God, you know that everything is God's. God's owns a, God owns a, a cattle on a thousand hills. God opens doors for our jobs, for our future. God has his hands on our families. And, and TJ, speaking of that, you know, God has had hand on you. You lived in Vancouver, Washington most of your life, all, all your life, except until you moved here. And so the idea of leaving after 30-some years and going to a foreign place, especially Idaho, which I don't think – were you ever in Idaho? Only a couple of times to come play some games against uh, C of I and NNU. Oh, when you play college basketball. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's the only time you are in Idaho. Yeah, that's that's the full meal deal. That well, was my experience. What did you think about it way back then? Um, you know, actually, we had some some tough interaction. We had a – before there was the mouse in the palace, we had a – unruly guy on our basketball team that got into a fight with uh, some people in the stands and so my interaction with Idaho was like man that was the place we got in a fight and oh, this wow. isn't somewhere that I wanted to go like it was uh, kind of one of those maybe biblically speaking like it was Nineveh like I don't want to go back there <laughs> but I'm so grateful that I did and I mean obviously our church people know this now our gratitude and appreciation for all of them They've taken our whole family and loved on us and brought us in, and, and you and your wife have done a great job of that as well. So um, what was maybe a first perception was just a small, minute, but we're so glad that we're here now. And you started every—this is starting year four for you, right? Correct. Man, that's a fast uh, fast three years. I'm, I'm telling you something. He has been a blessing to me. I'm telling you what, he keeps— he keeps me going the right direction and encourages me, and I'm so glad I have him in place. And I know when I'm gone, he'll still hopefully be hanging around here, Lord willing. And Psalm, David says in Psalm 24:1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. See, David recognized God, the creator of the universe, and that is what, uh, that's all he is, is, that he's in control. David recognized that. But David didn't have it easy. 
It wasn't a cakewalk. He was fighting wars, trying to protect himself and people. The enemy would love to take David out. You know, TJ, it was like uh, David because uh, he was the head of the army and, and head. You you wanted, you'd love to get to the king, like when you know the U.S. went after uh, what's his name Osama. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, you know, you try to take out the lead because you know you, you do that, you take out the army virtually, and right. so everybody was after David. So David was always running around with the mark on him, but yet God protected him because he honored God first. But even though David uh, David did well, he still down the stretch his good friend Saul. I mean, Saul had a lot of appreciation for him turned against David, and so David and you you read about in the book of Psalms was kind of running, trying to hide from Saul to, to, to preserve his life. You know, you know there is, uh, there's some str- tough stretches in life, and folks, many of you right now might be going through a tough stretch in life. Maybe you think everything is going against you. But you know what? God has promised to be there for you, that he has promised never to leave you or forsake you, but he wants you to fully trust in him and show your love for him by being a servant of all and living God out every single day by your actions. David did that, though it wasn't easy. If you read the Psalms, what he was doing most through the Psalms was he was praising God. He was lifting up the name of Jesus. See, we can say we are the greatest Christians on the planet Earth, but if we don't do anything about it, what good are we except we're just blowing hot air? Too many people feel entitled. People feel that God owes them. God owes us nothing. He created us and created us in his image to worship him, to bring glory to his name. TJ, I know you was raised by uh, Christians, but when when did that really hit home in your life and you really recognized that God's God had a plan for you to really follow him and be about his business? I mean, I think I really accepted Christ in middle school, but um, it wasn't really until I decided and went forth to college, and I really put that into play. So I went to school, as you alluded, for uh, to Nike and, and did some different things. So I had a business administration background, but uh, through God's providence, I got injured, and I had a, a shoulder injury that allowed me another year to finish my minor, which was Bible, and uh, make that another emphasis. And so... Uh, God has just continued to to do those kinds of things in my life, and, and I'm grateful for that. And so at that point, I wanted it to just be my own faith, not my parents' faith, but God just really grabbed a hold of me and called me into ministry. And so um, it was evident. I kind of maybe sidestepped it for a little bit of, yeah, I can be involved. I can be a part. But when you know God's calling, you can't. You just can't not do it. And so... Uh, you leave those other things, you leave the shoes and all those things behind, and, and you go and follow him. And you followed him, and, and of course, you went to a Christian school, ended up uh, uh, being a Bible teacher, and, and through the knowledge and stuff you learned at school, and, and then a coach. In fact, in fact, he, folks, he left to come to, to be at the church with me. He left a coaching job where his team was uh, undefeated. He had an undefeated golf team. They went undefeated that year. In fact, he left before they could even go to the state tournament, wasn't it? Yeah. So and five so, out of our six seniors took five out of the 12 state spots. So Yeah, and you weren't even able to go to that. So that would have been a pull for me. I mean, that had been hard to leave that scenario, knowing that's, you know, it's very unique. Because all the times I've coached, we never made a state in anything, you know. But, you know, those are the moments, right, where you know, and it's not, it wasn't an audible voice of God didn't say you have to be in Boise, but he made it clear and he ordered my path and he opened doors and I walked through them. And so submitting yourself to him and his will uh, was better. 
Well, it certainly was, and I am certainly happy about that. And and if you ever come and visit our church, we've had a number of radio people visit lately. In fact, the last three weeks Absolutely. we've had people come. Make sure you uh, meet TJ because I want you'll see him if you're there. If you're in the first service, he does the announcements there. In fact, second service, I think he leads in prayer. Yeah. And then while I'm gone on the 22nd and 29th, he'll be preaching on that the, those Sundays. So. Uh, but you, you know, I, I hope you have a chance to meet him because I'm telling you what, he's not only a great associate of mine, but he's a great friend, and he's there for me, and and I feel so privileged to have him. But you know, we need to be concerned about what, not about what you do, but about what others are doing. So many times we think others should take on all the responsibilities. It seems we always want everybody. It's in everybody else's ballpark, and we have been giving opportunities, whether financial or doing something. We can we can find excuses why others should do it, and uh, we need to step up to the plate. Sacrificial giving changes lives and gives God the credit. Jesus makes it very simple for us to understand in John twelve twenty six. He says, "Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be, will be. My, my Father will honor the one who serves me." I like that last line. There it is right in front of us, TJ. My father will honor the one that serves me. That's good. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's that's it. You know, we want to we want to honor God and we want God to bless us, right? Yeah. And when it's that clear, like you said, honor God and he will honor you. Yeah. That's right. And uh, servants think of ministry as an opportunity, not an obligation. You know, it's it's too bad when people think that Life is an obligation, and we have to. We get obligated to serve. It shouldn't be a, an obligation. It should be a love for Jesus that makes us want to serve, helps us want to touch lives. We do it because what He did for us. Like it's not. We don't earn it. We don't get it for you know works or anything like that. But man, we're just touched because of what He did for us. That's right. And the definition of obligation is a duty or a commitment. And those words scare us. How many times in our lives do we say, I just can't commit to that right now? Over and over we use that term right now. You and I have heard it all through ministry. I, I just, Pastor, I can't commit right now. And so my question is, when? When? Well, I don't know when I get this done or that done. When I'm prepared. When I, I need to get more spiritual. When are you going to get more spiritual? <laughs> I mean, it, it's just it's an excuse after excuse. I honestly believe it is a Holy Spirit thing. When we seek God and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and show us what he that we need to be about. He makes it clear that he has plans for us, plans that are not uh, that plans that we're not just sitting on our hands watching everybody else. And you know, I think it's uh, time that we get busy and say, "Man, I want to worship the Lord. I want to worship Him with gladness. I want to be about His business." And to start thinking, what can I do to make a difference? And I know as a staff teacher, we talk about that all the time. What can we do to make a difference? What what can we do to change the culture? What can we do to encourage people? How can we be at a church that is effective, effective in our community? Because we don't, we're not satisfied just having people walk in and out the door. We're, we want people to grow in their walk with God and to get out and serve and to make a difference. Our church has grown over the years because people have invited people. People have actually told people, hey, you need to be in the house of God, and we have many non-churched. In fact, it's just recently we're baptizing uh, about seven or eight others. You and I are in a baptism meeting actually tonight. And uh, but uh, by the time this show airs, we have a, would have baptized those seven or eight other people. Which you know they continually are saying yes to the call, and that's what it's about. We need to have the mindset of Christ. You know, in your relationship with one another, the Bible says, have the same mindset of Jesus. That's what Philippians two five says. 
and we need to do that, TJ. Absolutely. And, folks, we got to run. Again, time's up. Hey, TJ, thanks for joining me the last few days. Grateful to be here again. Yep. Well, we'll be back on again. I'd like to have him on with me a lot because it's a lot easier for me to be able to share when I have him in the corner with me. Lord bless you, folks. Make a difference. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.